Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. We're going to spend the next couple hours of the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show engaged in what we like to refer to as energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. Some books, some music. It's going to be a good day. Uber producer Dan Peters is here in studio to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. We really do appreciate it. Whether that's streamed live on KSO.com, on the KSO mobile app, the brand new branded KSO mobile app available now in your app store of choice, or driving around maybe in a car, trying to stay out of the wind. It's a little breezy out there, listening on Information 1000 on your AM dial. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live and comment there, or on our Twitter account, at P. Show. Throw us a comment, a tweet, a tag, all of it. Speaking of Twitter, so... Uh, my Dan, my phone uh, uh, saga continues. Um, so I got the phone right, and I, yesterday I had it, and I had it. And it was I was trying to figure it out. I still don't have all my contacts over. So if you've been texting me, I probably don't know who you are. I probably like just sort of responding politely, trying to look for some sort of you know notice, some sort of clue. Or I may just ask you straight out, oh, who is this? Don't be offended. Don't be offended. It's going to be okay. I think this is common experience for people when they get their new phone. I don't have my contacts. I'm befuddled. Befuddled by the contact situation. Well, you have to people. You have to let people know. I said, sorry, I got a new phone. I need to update my contact list. Yeah. Well, don't don't take it as an offense if because I don't because you don't remember phone numbers anymore. No. I remember the you remember the phone number that you used growing up in the old house. Yep, you still know it. Three three eight zero zero eight nine. Three three yeah three eight four three three eight nine. There you go. And I but I don't know anybody else's phone numbers. So that's true. I know a couple, but not very many. And usually I can tell like, but I get and I'm just lost. And then this thing happened to me today. So uh, I got this. Uh, it's the iPhone ten, and it's it's a uh, a marvel of modern technology, right? But I take it out of my pocket today, and somehow I had turned on like this little, uh, it's like iPhone for seniors. (laughs) It has a little like window that you move around and it magnifies things so that you can see them. I didn't turn it on on purpose. Because that will happen with me when you're doing any text Mm -hmm. or if you're sending out a tweet, it'll... If you get to the right spot, it'll it'll magnify, so you can put the cursor in the right place. Well, there's that. This was permanent. Wow! And it, you could move it around and reshape it, but it just made everything. And, you, and I, I couldn't get rid of it. And finally, I figured out if I touch it, like hold on the little lever on the bottom, that it would bring up a, a little dialog box. But I, it didn't say turn this weird thing off anywhere. And so now I got it. It's there's just this little little like arrow guide thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, was, I saw my brother briefly today, and, and I was showing him. I'm like, I, I don't know what's wrong. He said, you're like mom. You've turned into mom. Oh, yeah. 
Hey, how about a little Macho Man, Randy so, Savage? For you macho Man. Somebody give me a Slim Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do with it. But it's awesome. I just don't know how to work it. So I'm, I need to Google. I need to go on my laptop and Google, uh, what's wrong with my phone? What's this deal? I don't get it. So uh, that's my phone, trials and tribulations. I got to get it worked out. But it's got this fancy new camera on it. And I'm going, this weekend I'm going, and we're going to talk about this later with Scott Hudson. But there's a cool concert this weekend at the Orpheum. It's uh, different folk records, uh, acts, various acts, some, some of whom have been on this show. Uh, JAS Quintet's going to be there, different uh, uh, Union Grove Pickers, Soul Crate Music. Uh, uh, I'm leaving somebody out of there. But, oh, uh, Burlap Wolf King. Anyway, these guys are going to be playing at the Orpheum, and I want to have my fancy new camera to be able to do some picture taking. So, well, it's going to, I'm going to give it the, I'm going to run it through its strides this weekend. Well, yeah. And when you take a good picture, you'll just say, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say that. I'm going to start saying that all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that that was a, uh, all I know, Randy Macho Camacho. Was the uh, was was he the Slim Jim commercial guy? Yeah, he was the Slim Jim commercial guy. Yeah, get yourself a Slim Jim. That was awesome. Oh yeah, but he would he would do I'm a lot talking of talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Maybe we should just start doing all kinds of uh, old uh, old wrestling. WWE was that WWE? Well, that was back in the day. It was it was F F WWF. Got it with uh, with Vince McMahon and all that. And did you know that Mean Gene Orkeland is originally from Sisseton? Yeah, I did know that, and he has relatives here. That's where Mean Gene's Burgers comes from, and the Mean Gene Pizza. Yeah, that was all part of the the uh, Ryan thing and and uh, the Orkeland family here in Sioux Falls. My science teacher, my, my chemistry and, and uh, physics teacher in Wagner, South Dakota, went to school with Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh, really? So we would do our best to try to get him off guard and tell have us tell Mean Gene stories. Oh, that's good. So you wouldn't have to do chemistry. That's right. I so we, we wouldn't learn about chemistry. We'd learn about Mean Gene Okerlund. Well, see, now it's come to play. Did you use any chemistry today? No, but you used a little Mean Gene Okerlund trivia. See? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we've taken a turn. We've taken a turn. But anyway, I'm going to be working on this phone. I, I've i spent entirely too much time already today just trying to organize apps. Here's the other thing that happened. Like, I'm trying to go and get an app for a major media organization. And it, it like, finds it. And I go to get it. And then it says double tap to download. Well, you I, or double click. I don't have no click. Ain't got no clicky button. Double click so to I, download? I, it comes up. I'm telling you. So weird. I'm sure it'll Who all Who sold you this thing? <laughs> Apple. Ay, ay, ay. You Apple people. You've outstretched my knowledge. I am. I'm becoming my mother. How does this thing work? Actually, my mom's probably better at it than I am. She can bang out a 400-word text in nobody's business. Anyway, that's my that's me and my phone. <laughs> I'll let you know how the weekend goes on Monday. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Uh, our guests include Amy Dawes. Uh, this is a fantastic story. She is a Sioux Falls author 
who wrote an entire novel in the lobby of Tires, Tires, Tires. And it's fantastic because she had hit a, like a, a, a block. But we're going to let her tell that story. Uh, you're going to want to stay with us in the, in the second hour. Her name's Amy Dawes. Uh, Scott Hudson is going to be here, as I mentioned, for Weird Friends. We're going to uh, preview that uh, uh, big local concert this weekend at the Orpheum. Thea Miller-Ryan, the outdoor campus, she's bringing with her Randy Johnson, and he is a wildlife biologist for the Game Fish and Parks. And we're going to talk about the great waterfall migration that's happening now. It's pretty amazing when you start seeing the just thousands and thousands and thousands of geese and ducks going overhead. Pretty cool. Uh, and I will have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, the March of Militarism. That's coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. We'll try and get a little closer to free with the Bodines and the PL statement on this lovely Friday afternoon. A bit blustery, a bit wet. But you know, people, it ain't all bad. Yeah, so looking through the news today, locally, I see that uh, the governor has vetoed some bills. Some bills, five of them to be exact so far, which means that the legislature, when they go back for veto day on Monday, they're going to have to deal with that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. It's nothing, uh, you know, uh, one was uh, opening the opportunity scholarship for more alternative instruction students. I think that's probably one that's going to meet the most resistance there in the legislature. You know, oftentimes these things pass. By wide margins, and you think, oh, they got they easily got the two thirds to overturn that. But then, when the governor vetoes it, um, sometimes some people turn because they say, well, you know, if he vetoed it, he vetoed it. He didn't want to see it, and so they change their votes after they they have some time to further uh, examine the issue and you know reform their thinking on whatever particular issue it may be. This one is uh, the Opportunity Scholarship, of course, is the state-sponsored scholarship that goes to any student in the state of South Dakota who achieves uh, some minimum standards. I think it's a 24 on the ACT, and I can't remember what the the score is on the SAT, Um, and also some uh, basic grade point stuff. And what this would have done is changed the standards for kids who are homeschooled, essentially. And uh, the governor said that, you know, why are we doing that? That 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 why are we treating any student differently from any other? I'm sorry, it's ACT score of 28. 28 if uh if they get and an SAT score of 1250. So this, you know, you can also get it if you uh uh go through some other coursework. I mean, not, you know, the the particulars of it are not important, but what it does is gives uh every high school kid in South Dakota a chance to you know, get a scholarship to a South Dakota institution. And this would have changed it so that people who homeschool kids uh, uh, could, um, 
get that same thing, only they wouldn't have to get such a high score. And, and what the governor said is, I respect the right of parents to homeschool their children. However, those students should not receive an unfair advantage over students who graduated from accredited high school. Senate Bill 94, that's the number, and you know how I hate numbers, holds homeschooled students to a lower standard to receive the opportunity scholarship. And for that reason, I ask you to sustain my veto. We'll see if they they do on that one. The others, uh, there was one on... Uh, uh, post-secondary tuition assistance programs, college, um, and it put a bunch more uh, criteria on there, and the governor just said, you know, we don't need this. You have all, you can't, this is stupid. Don't do that. Don't put more laws in where we don't need them. And, uh, yeah, and then another one had to do with pre-filing legislation and limiting bills and blah, 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 blah. So he voted, he vetoed those three. And then there was a couple of style and form vetoes, Style and form, that's what we call it when it's, uh, he doesn't disagree with the bill, but it's poorly written or there's something wrong and that's come up and they need to go back in and fix it. So they'll do that on Monday and we'll watch that. Uh, I, the most interesting one there to me is the opportunity scholarship for homeschooled students. And I agree with the governor. You can't, I don't think you can lower standards just because somebody was homeschooled. You know, maybe you didn't do a good job homeschooling. Maybe that's the issue. You don't lower the standards. That doesn't make any sense. But what really concerns me today is a national story, the sort of national situation. And, uh, you know, I don't talk about national stuff too much, but every once in a while, it's worth it. And I think today is one of those days because so uh, the president, Donald Trump, out there in uh, Washington, D.C., he uh, he chose he replaced uh, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, the battle tested army officer who was tapped last year to stabilize a turbulent foreign policy operation but who never developed a comfortable relationship with the president. That's uh, from the New York Times. He was replaced by John R. Bolton. And you'll remember John Bolton, right? He once was ambassador to the United Nations back during the day, during the Bush administration. Um, so this has been, this chatter has been out there for a while. Uh, and uh, it, it finally came to fruition. I think uh, what McMaster says was he wanted to get through the summer but he said that it'd become untenable because of the speculation about his future. So he said, get me out of here. Apparently they offered him, he's a three-star general who led command, who had command in Afghanistan and Iraq, battle-tested, as they say. Uh, but he was, uh, uh, he was not uh, copacetic with all the president's stuff on Iran and North Korea. So they bring in Bolton, which Bolton, by all measure, by his own writings, is an advocate for military inf- intervention in Iran uh, and North Korea to stop their nuclear ambition. Uh, that's not new. Uh, but I have a few concerns about all this turnover in national security apparatus. One, there's no continuity in our policy. It's not just the number of people that have come and gone, but that there's no philosophy or theory or practical principles dictating it. Are we interventionists? Are we diplomat? Are we isolationists? I have no idea. And I don't think anybody in the White House knows. There are a bunch of people who have their own theories. Mr. Bolton, Mr. McMasters, uh, Mr. Pompeo now, who's running the CIA. But they come and go so much, it's tough to tell where we're going to land. Probably more important, it just seems like we're hell-bent to fight with someone. How long can we be a nation at war? We continue in the longest military operation in our history in Afghanistan. Iraq is still not stable place. 
because we went there. Meanwhile, we make veiled threats toward Iran and North Korea. We got soldiers dying in North Africa. We're involved in, in, in Syria in ways that I can't understand with people we don't even know. What victories can we celebrate? Whatever it was, they're back in the fog, the fog of days since 9-11. Our policies don't have, seem to have any goals in mind. They haven't for a long time. Bringing in John Bolton is an ominous sign. We know what Bolton believes. He's an advocate of military action, preemptive military action to solve our conflicts and problems abroad. Just go read his writings. Can we really afford another dip into our reserves of our military? Can we afford to send another wave of soldiers, pilots, and and sailors into another armed conflict? conflict? Where does this ever end? Meanwhile, our president is defending another wave of allegations of sexual dalliances and money for silence. We don't really know what's going on with our relationship with Russia, who continues its cyber assault on our country and other free nations in this world, all the while getting a firm pat on the back from the White House. We're left with military distractions abroad, salacious distractions at home, and little or no sense of purpose to the entire operation. Which reminds me, has anybody read 1984 lately? Little George Orwell. Gets more prescient every day. And that that was before the Trump administration. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. Agree or disagree with me, drop me an email, patrick at ksoo.com. Get on the Twitter at P. Lally Show and throw us a tweet or two. Always good to hear from you. Coming up next on Information 1000, we're going to chat with Scott Hudson for Weird Friends. We're going to talk about the Different Strokes concert this weekend and maybe touch on what's going to be on uh, Real Punk Radio tonight with Scott Hudson. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we bring in to a little bit of replacements, Alex Chilton, our old friend, Scott Hudson. And we're going to chat a little bit about some stuff going on this weekend. But first off, uh, Scott, thanks for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me again. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always nice because... Uh, you're, you're such a, you're such a, you have such a flexible schedule and you're so willing, uh, to help out. So I, I always appreciate, uh, being able to get you on the phone. Well, thank you. Huh, how's that? Um, <laughs> Hey, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, I'm going to this, uh, I think I'm going to the different strokes concert Saturday night, which is sort of a showcase for different folk record artists. But, uh, this thing looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I mean, it's not just a lineup of of, of artists. Um, it's 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 a varied lineup, for example. And uh, there's going to be some collaborate. From what I understand, mm-hmm. there's going to be some collaborating going on. Uh, it's not often that you see Soul Crate, a hip hop band, on the same bill as Union. Um, Grave pickers, whatever. Grove pickers, Union Grove pickers, who are playing electric. Union Grove pickers, yeah, 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 and Burlap Wolfking. I mean, those are three. I mean, Burlap and, and uh, Union Grove. You, yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's not unusual to see them together, but the right. three of them brings up 
some some interesting little possibilities, and uh, it's one of the things I I, I I have always appreciated about Soul Crate is they're hip hop, but they're 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 very experimental. They're mm-hmm. always looking for something, some new way to present their music, and tomorrow night's a perfect example of that. I mean, they're I mean Union Grill Pickers they're they're, they're they play like it's you know, 1920. <laughs> it's Americana. <laughs> yes. And and so we're going to have some Americana hip hop, I guess. Uh, that could be really wild. And also uh, a couple guys from the JAS quintets and they're straight up cool jazz. Yeah, right. Right. They're apparently right. going to be playing like interludes between the acts or something. Uh, it could be a really wild night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I would be intrigued to hear if, if, and what, they do with Soul Crave because there is, you know, one of the, one of, as a person who doesn't really like hip hop that much, mm-hmm. I do appreciate when, uh, you know, there's, there's been some jazzy kind of experimentations with hip hop over the years. And, and I kind of appreciate that stuff. Yeah. And the other thing is that, um, Wes Eisenhower, uh, one of the main dudes in, in Soul Crate, he's done some solo work that is, I mean, it's still not, it's not as hip hoppy. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not rap. It's this kind of I don't know. He's singing more, you know what I mean, than he yeah, is yeah. sort of spoken word over music and it's 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 quieter and it's uh I don't know, more introspective maybe. Right. And then there's the later babe stuff which is just pure party music. Yep, which he's involved with uh with the uh, some of the the I nah, I get my shows mixed up. My my show offspring, either Isaac or Eli. I can't remember one of them. <laughs> I, I think both of them at some time. Yeah, and that's a that's kind of a crazy outfit. And so I don't, you know, I don't really know what to expect. But I'm I'm planning to go and just take it all in. Yeah, it's not going to be the typical. This band plays thirty minutes. This band plays forty five, and the headliner plays an hour. I mean, it's, it's there'll be a little bit of that structure, but it's going to be a little more open ended. It's kind of wild what uh, Andy Howes and the rest of the different folk records people have done. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I was thinking about this a little bit before you called. You know, generally when we hear about a Sioux Falls record label, it's just that, you know, whatever band is self-releasing the record has to put some kind of record label name on it. Yeah. Um, this is a real record label, and, and they they treat it like a real record label, and, and it's primarily Sioux Falls artists, but... Uh, they've reached out to other people, other musicians, other uh, songwriters, and they've released um, some some stuff with 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 artists such as that. Um, yeah. hey, Jamie Lynn, um, she's done some stuff with them through the JAS Quintet, and you know, right. and uh, uh, there's people on there I, I'm not as familiar with who have singles and seven inches and stuff like that EPs. So yeah, the- Will Johnson, for example, from um, he's from Texas. Uh, he's had a couple bands over the years. That off the top of my head, I can't remember right now, but yeah. that's an example. Uh, uh, you know, Andy has, through the shows that he has done in town, and also he's, he does a lot of private house shows at mm-hmm. his home, he's got a, a, a good net, a great network of um, really talented songwriters that, that know him personally and, and want to work with him. Yeah, I'm hoping he can get uh, the Turtles back in on their tour, but they're maybe too big now. They just sold out two shows at the Palace Theater in St. Paul in like oh my yeah, like in a day, which I have not been to this place yet. But apparently, it's a new venue in St. Paul, the Palace, and everybody's playing there. 
Oh, crazy. Yeah, I got. I saw a picture of it. It looks awesome. But I, I need to get in there and see a show. But, hey, speaking of shows, that the, the, the Different Strokes concert Saturday night down at the Orpheum, you know, it starts at whatever, 7.30, 8 o'clock, something like that. Um, and always fun to go to the Orpheum and see a show as well. Uh, right. The, uh, but, but speaking of, of shows, radio shows, um, you, you're, you're on a Friday. You're here on a Friday, which is unusual, uh, but it gives us a chance to plug your, uh, uh, your live internet radio show, uh, Real Punk Radio, which is tonight. Yes, Live Ledge uh, starts 6 o'clock to those of you who live in this time zone, which is the central time zone. Um, I have people that listen all around the world, mm-hmm. but tend to say 7 p.m. Eastern time because that's, oh. that's, like, that's how most people think yeah. of it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, you know, I always, I've told you before, I always have a theme, and this will be the second time this year that I'm celebrating the 40th anniversary of my favorite year in music, 1978. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did, that, you did a show on that earlier. Yeah, I did it in early February, and... That was such a that year has such a wealth of material. I'm probably going to end up with four different shows out of it. Holy cow! So what uh, what can we expect tonight? Um, well, I mean, you would think. I know a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, you play all the best songs in the first one, and then it'll just get you know you know weaker <laughs> and weaker as you go on." No, I am playing tonight tracks from one of my probably 15 favorite albums of all time, The Clash. Give them enough rope. Oh yeah, awesome. Came out in November 1978, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be featuring that and uh, um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. I I believe the jam will be tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of the funny thing is a lot of this stuff I actually picked up years later. I mean, I I, (laughs) that's right. uh, The Clash though was one that 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 was one of the first albums of this whole new scene that I bought as a child. You know, 16 year old child and. 1978, and it, it did change my life. Yeah, that'll be great. You know, couple, some of the other acts I'm playing, um, Johnny Thunders, Patti Smith, The Police, uh, Talking Heads, Susie and the Banshees, uh, even The Kinks. Oh, yeah. They started their comeback in 1978. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I got a tuner in tonight, Real Punk Radio. It's Live Ledge on Real Punk Radio. How do I find it again? Where do I get it? Realpunkradio.com. And then you, it's podcast and later, then, right? Yeah, then later, if you go to iTunes, Stitcher, yep. or any of those places, or your little Alexa machine, yep. uh, just look for the... There it went. Up. Every, every time. <laughs> every uh, <yeah>. time. <laughs> just look for The Ledge on your favorite podcast app. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll let you go to attend to your uh, personal assistant there. Oh, I hate when she talks back to me like that. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thanks. Coming up next, we'll have Thea Miller-Ryan in studio. We're going to talk about waterfall migration. It's awesome. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Just a beside me almost every night. Well, she's no lady, she's my wife. 3.48 on the Patrick Lally Show, and it's Lyle Lovett, she's no lady. But we do have a lady oh, in, the, in our presence. Nice. Thank I didn't you. pick. I didn't realize the connection there until I <laughs> heard the song. I'm like, oh, I don't want to make that any sort of 
suggestion yeah. there. But we have <laughs> with us Thea Miller-Ryan, who is the executive director of the Outdoor Campus, and she has brought with her Randy Johnson, who's a wildlife biologist with the Game Fish and Parks Department. And uh, Thea uh, and Randy, thanks for being here. It's nice always here. a pleasure. On a lovely, lovely Friday afternoon. It's good to be inside, Windy, right? Windy, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you brought Randy along. Uh-huh. H- how come you brought Randy along? Because, well, two things. He knows everything about waterfowl. <laughs> He's going to talk to us about all these crazy birds that are flying everywhere. Um, that you see up in the sky, hear them at night, see them during the day. There are a lot of birds. And There's you, and you just see the waves and waves. And you see them in the city a little bit. As soon as you get out of town... You really see just like the snow geese in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's going on out there, Randy? I mean, what's all coming through here and why are there so many of them? A little bit of everything. Tis the season for migration. So the last, oh, about two, three weeks ago, uh, the snow geese have really started to pile into the state. And they're all just returning to their breeding grounds. Um, they, they winter way down south, everywhere from New Mexico through Texas, um, even on the Gulf Coast, and a lot of them are funneled right back up here, you know, following the Missouri River. Um, they usually, they start to show up in South Dakota, usually about the first part of March, sometimes a little earlier, just depends on weather. Um, and when they get here, sometimes it's it's hot and heavy, and that's that's what we've seen the last couple of weeks. So the snow geese are different from your, your Canada goose. Correct. Right. Uh, they're, uh, they're smaller, right? Yeah, a little smaller. And they kind of look funny. Yeah. <laughs> They're all white. They look yeah. like snow. So we, <laughs> but we don't see as many of them in the city as we do with, with right. the, the Canada right. babes. Their goal is to, to get here and get some food in them and keep going. Because they don't stay. Right. So, um, but these are the geese that we see that do the big swirl, right? Oh, yeah. And yep. what's the deal with the big swirl? Explain it's, that to us. It's fascinating is what it is. It's fun to watch. I mean, they... It's really, you know, their way of, of staying safe, staying in groups, and staying coordinated. And it, it's fascinating to watch the way they can maneuver, not hit each other, and, and move from place to place. Um, you know, it's it's quite a, a sight to see when you can see that. And like Thea said earlier, I mean, sometimes these flocks take off, and you can see them stretching in the distance for literally as far as you can see. Um, I mean, some of these flocks number in the thousands and tens of thousands. And, so the, and when they do this descent, they're basically coming like straight down almost in, yeah. in, you know, in yeah. swirls. Yeah, a lot of, if, you, if you watch them closely, they're not only swirling, but then sometimes they'll actually take and almost stick their wings straight out and just left and right kind of drop. And they'll drop. I mean, For you radio listeners out there, Randy is <laughs> tilting back and forth. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. I, and and, to, and again, you don't see it in the city very often because right. they, they don't right. want to be around people. But when you get out in, around a slough somewhere. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't take far to get outside of town, and there they are. Um, it, the uh, uh, But there is a hunting season on them. Like, yep. Because they're hard, to, they're hard to kill, aren't they? Yes. So we, we hunt them. They, they migrate through in the fall, same as other birds, and there's a, a hunting season on them then. In the spring, we have, it's a hunting season, but technically it's called the conservation order. And what that means is it's a it's an extra season that's open in the spring, because we can't, you can't hunt ducks, you can't hunt, I mean, you can't hunt any of the other migratory birds except for these snow geese and Ross's geese. Um, and the reason for it is simply that there's just too many of them. Mm. There's so many of them that when they get to their breeding grounds in the Arctic, 
they, they nest in these massive colonies, thousands and thousands and thousands of birds. And when you get them all in the same place and they're all trying to feed and they're all trying to nest, they're really just literally eating themselves out of house and home. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard. It is. It's so very difficult. It's, it's not something that you can just go out and uh, uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of work to hunt a snow goose, it does. doesn't it? It does. They're, so we're, it's, it's a, there's too many of them. We would like to kill more of them, but we can't. Correct. This, this season's been going on for, I think, about 20 years now. Um, pretty much every regulation and rule is relaxed. You can use unplugged shotguns, so you can have, you know, basically as many shells as your gun can hold. You can use decoys. You can hunt till half an hour after sundown. All these things which are <laughs> illegal most of the, the other time of the year, you can do now. And even with all of this and all the people participating, we've still, the population continues to grow. We've, we've slowed the growth, but it's still growing. That's wild. Um, other birds coming through. It's fun to watch. Lots of different kinds of ducks and stuff you right, that you don't normally see. Yep, yep, ducks and the, all the ducks. Um, we've got lots and lots of eagles around. Mm, um, yes. Songbirds are showing up day after day. There's all kinds of new species. It's a wonderful, um, wonderful time of year, isn't it? Is. it for a, for a, a waterfall biologist? Yes, sir. <laughs> cool. Uh, Randy Johnson, he is wild. He is the uh, waterfall biologist for the GFNP here in Sioux Falls. And uh, Thea Miller-Ryan, she's executive director of the Outdoor Campus, and she keeps bringing interesting people with her, so we'll let her come back. Oh, thanks. You're and welcome. by the way, you can eat snow goose. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it tastes good. It's, you know, some tastes people... Tastes like goose. It tastes, tastes, it like, tastes goose. like goose. <laughs> Sky carp. <laughs> uh, you guys, thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. And after the uh, news with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk weather with the KSFY Severe Weather Center. Uh, we got a guy sitting in for Mr. Phil Schreck, and we'll introduce you to him. How's that sound? This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. A public service announcement with guitar. 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on Saturday, that's tomorrow, South Dakota Symphony Orchestra presents Guardians of the Symphony. It's superhero music, a celebration of Hollywood's most thrilling superheroes, Batman, Superman, the Avengers, and more. 7.30 at the Washington Pavilion. Stay with us after the news with Dan Peters. We'll talk with KSFY Severe Weather Center, Sam Gabrielli. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSLO. 414 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSLO. KSLO. We said KSFY Weather. (laughs) We're here with Amy Dawes. She's a local author. We're going to tell her story. And we're going to listen to a little heart. Yeah, it's my favorite. (laughs) I forgot how long this opening interlude was on. Uh, I know. Yeah, that's probably going to take. I think it's actually really long. Oh, no, we could just talk. You know, no, yeah. no, it's, it's, you know, the, the Wilson sisters, Nancy and I can't remember. That. Yeah, my dad was a huge classic rock fan, so like I listened to it growing up. So they but, were they were at the casino one time, and my sister and I went to the concert. It was awesome. Yeah, they they were very big back in the seventies, man. You forget these songs. This yeah. one's great. Here we go. <laughs> can't forget this. Oh, we're jamming in the KSO studio. That's now. working the chromatic scale right there. Yeah, there, there it is. No, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta listen to it. Let's see what and that's Ann Wilson. Ann 
Nancy and Ann, thank you. Dan Peters in the producer studio. Always with the trivia. Oh, there it is. Crazy on you by heart. It's going to be a heart-filled uh, uh, segment yeah, here. Yeah, it's a good theme. Yeah, exactly. Because, and I didn't even plan it this way. It's heart-filled because Amy Dawes, local author, uh, specializes in in romance. Yeah, romance novels. Mm-hmm. And you've got a great story about your latest uh, novel uh, called Wait With Me. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, but first of all, Amy, how did you become a romance novelist. Well, it, I have a weird start in writing. Um, my very first book was not a romance novel. It was actually a memoir about uh, my journey through recurrent pregnancy loss. Um, I have a beautiful daughter now. She's five years old, but I had lost a lot of babies before her. And after I had my daughter, it was just, I was so happy, but I kind of, I didn't want to forget the bad parts because mm-hmm. the bad got me to the good. Mm-hmm. And so I had written down some of my miscarriages, like in great detail, but so like it was more like reading more like a book than a journal because I was writing it like with dialogue. And so I had so much of this. I'm like, you know, I think I should make this into a book because I just love to package this memory forever. So I released a book called Chasing Hope, which is, you know, my true story about and my husband um, about our journey through recurrent pregnancy loss. But it has a great happy ending. My daughter Lorelai, she's five and she's awesome. Um, and that writing that book and publishing it was really uh, fulfilling. But I am a romance reader at heart. I've heart. See, there's the theme. There's the theme. Um, I love romance. I always have. And those are the kind of books that I look for when I shop for books. So I thought, man, I really want to see if I could try fiction because there were times when I was writing my memoir that I did feel limited by the truth. (laughs) I was like, man, if I could just explode something right now, that'd be awesome. I don't I don't explode things in my romance novels. But you get the idea. Like I just I wanted to try something where I could stretch my creative wings a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I started uh I I wrote a romance novel. It had a little bit of an infertility storyline in it cuz I kind of wanted to just make it easy on myself and write a little bit true to my life, but just a fictional version. And it's very fiction. Um and so that's kind of how I got my start in writing. And then it just snowballed from there. I have five books in my London Lovers series. I have three books in my Harris Brothers sports romance series. And then um, I have the memoir. I have a co-authored book that I wrote with another local author here in town. And um, then I have my newest release, Wait With Me, that's currently number 34 on the Amazon Top 100 chart right now. Holy buckets. I know. Is it... Is it the romance chart or is it what chart nope, is it? No, that's every book. Every single book that's available um, in Kindle. Like it's the Kindle yeah, ebook. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is amazing. I so know. you have what, 10, 11 books then? Yeah, 11 right now. <sighs> yep. And when did you actually, when did uh, uh, your, your memoir come out? Uh, like three years ago. So you've written all those books in three years? Okay, hang on. No, four years. <laughs> May, it was May of 2000. 14. So yes, it's almost four years. Sorry. Yeah, I know though. It, that's still a lot, even at four years. Um, I don't know. Once I got the itch, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. What were you doing before you started writing? Um, I, you know what? I've, I kept my full-time job up until November 1st this year, this past year. Um, I worked at Fox TV here in Sioux Falls. I was a commercial producer. Oh, wow. So yeah, I, I did all the, <clears throat> the shooting and video editing and stuff like that. So 
That's amazing. Did you? Are you from Sioux Falls? What's your story? Um, I graduated from University of Northern Iowa in 2006. Lovely Cedar Falls. Yes, I love Cedar Falls. Stebbs. Is that still there? Stebbs. It was a bar. I don't Keep know. Going. I don't know that one. It's a live music bar. Keep oh, going. nice. <laughs> no, I'm afraid I missed it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, uh, my husband and I moved to Sioux Falls in 2006 after we graduated college. So for work i mean you yeah work- we both got jobs my husband works at lloyd companies oh cool. so mm-hmm. well congratulations where you, where'd you grow up where are you from originally uh esterville iowa well lovely you know, community and it's yeah, all right yeah uh do you do you know the mascot there it's the esterville midgets oh that's right <laughs> that's our mascot growing well, up that's awesome though. it's it's unusual it's, it's unusual you know, it's at least it's not the spartans or the you know right. whatever yeah. that everybody else is i know i guess it's it does have a story but it's just What's, a funny thing mascots just a very small child every somebody new every yeah, year yeah i guess sure we'll go with that <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, so you end up here in Sioux Falls and you're working Mm -hmm. in television, of all things. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, you do the memoir. How long were you in, how long were your husband and you trying to have a child? Uh, Let's see. We we never got pregnant for like three years, and then like I finally got pregnant, and then we started miscarrying. So it was like we fixed one, we figured out one problem, and then I started miscarrying. Oh, I see. So you were so, getting some fertility treatments. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got local fertility treatment here, uh, and then it was about five years it took for us to get our daughter. So. That that is um, a more common experience than probably we all realize. Yeah, yeah, it's happening all the time, and I used to think um, because so many bad things happened to me, I took all the bad juju away from my friends and family, and I thought, you know, they're not they're not going to have any problems with kids. But like, there's still some of my friends and family have problems. It's just yeah. crazy. And why did you want to tell that story? What was it that made you want to write it? Down? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it was when my daughter was born, like it was a C-section delivery. And I just remember when I laid eyes on her, I knew it was supposed to be her. Like I was, whatever I had went through, all those losses I'd went through was because I was waiting for her specifically. And like, it was important for me to like have that written down somewhere so that I could just kind of remember it. And I really, I I don't know, I just really wanted to remember the bad because the bad got me to the good. Because I look at my daughter Mm -hmm. now and I know that she was the one that was meant for me. And I just had to go through a lot of bad times to to get her. Do you want her to read the book? Yeah, someday, definitely. I mean, absolutely. There's some, there's some intense stuff in there. It's, it's, it's graphic in some descriptions with some of the losses because I didn't really want to um, gloss over much, but there is moments of lightness and it's, but like the biggest thing that goes through it is hope and hope is my daughter's middle name. That's why it's called chasing hope. So yeah, I'd love her to read it someday. What do you think she'll, I mean, can you imagine reading that book from the daughter's perspective? I don't, I can't. I mean, I think the delivery scene will be very t- like um, amazing for her to read because that's, it was just such a light bulb moment in my life when she was born and to write that out was really inspiring for me. So um, I don't know, I'm excited. She's so young. It's hard to even imagine her at that age where she's old enough to read something like that. Have you uh, told her this story at all? I mean, does she have any understanding of what you went through to have her a little bit it's a little hard to um explain to her like we call them angel babies that she has angel babies in heaven 
you know, because she'll ask for a sibling a lot. And, you know, we we have to be done. I had another loss after her. And like, we just know that we need to be very thankful for what we have and not keep trying to push it. So um, it's hard to explain that to her sometimes. Uh, it's a difficult subject. So one of my friends has a baby loss, too, and she's very open about it. And I feel like she's done a much better job of having that open conversation with her kids from the very beginning, whereas I think I was holding on to it too long. I wish I'd have been open right from the beginning. So it was just a natural part of her, like, knowledge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's she's somewhat aware. What do you tell, after going through that and writing it down and having that experience, what do you tell other women, other couples who are in the middle of it? Um, I like to just tell them you're going to be a mom, like you're going to be a mom one way or another, you know, and there's so many options out there, whether it's fertility treatment or adoption or like foster care, like if, if it's in you to be a mother, there's a way out there. Um, and then I also try to like remind them that sometimes you do have to go through the bad to get to the good and that I used to hate hearing this, though. When I was going through infertility, I used to hate it when people said everything happens for a reason. Because mm. when you just lost a baby at 18 weeks pregnant, like there's no there's no comfort. Com- there's no comforting words you can hear at that moment. But once you do get through it and you have your happy ending, whatever it may be, that that does kind of ring more true. It's just hard to hear it when you're in the in the darkness, I call it. What what would you tell loved ones, people, friends, relatives? who have somebody who's going through it, what do you say? Because there's nothing you can say. Yeah, and I would just say to be very sensitive about what you do say because, you know, I think some people think they're trying to help, but until you've really lived it and experienced it, you don't know. It was very um, enlightening when I published my book. So many of my friends and family knew what we were going through with those losses because we were just having horrible losses one after another after another. And because I lost five before I had my daughter Lorelai. So I Mm. lost five babies. That's a lot. And um, because everyone is a loss. Yeah, everyone. I mean, I I was over twelve weeks pregnant with all of mine when I, before I lost them. So like, I had been pregnant for now, many a, months. That's an emotional loss. Yeah, like that, any other loss in your life. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's an emotional connection. Honestly, the moment you get a positive pregnancy test, like the moment you get it, you start dreaming about your future and um. You know, if it's a boy or girl, like you can't help it. You tell yourself to be level headed and not think about it too much, but you're totally thinking about it. So it wasn't, it was nice when I wrote my book and so many people read it and they're like, wow, I just didn't know. I didn't get it. And like seeing what you went through, I just, I feel like I get it now. And, you know, I probably said some wrong things to you and I'm really sorry about that. Like this was really enlightening for me. So that, that was a really positive experience to just have people kind of have, um, you know, a glimpse into the life so that they can be a little bit more sensitive. It's it's just a tough, it's a tough subject. So the book is Chasing Hope. Yeah, Chasing Hope. And that is still available for yeah. folks who want to read it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On on the various uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, or, yep, all of them. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to come, that's an amazing <laughs> uh, 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 bedwork uh, for what comes next, which is your incredible career in romance novels. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, in a minute here, right after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We're here with Amy Dawes, and we will be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
This is, of course, uh, Magic Man by Heart, one of the uh, favorites of uh, our guest in the studio today, Amy Dawes, local author, romance novelist, which, you know, this song, Magic Man, could be totally. a romance novel, right? Yeah, yeah, I should think of that for a title. <laughs> Here it comes. Here we go. Oh, yeah, a little <laughs> yes. 70s rock and roll there for Amy Dawes. Yes. Uh, so, Amy, let's get right to it. You wrote, uh, you were uh, a part-time writer, mm-hmm. right? Part-time yep. romance novelist after yep. your memoir. And how did you, you ended up in Tires, Tires, Tires. How did this happen? Okay, so I quit my, my full-time job um, end of October. And I, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a full-time writer now. I'm going to have all this time in the world to write from home every day. I'm going to, I don't even have to put pants on. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and uh, I was like sitting at home and I just had like writer's block. I was just like staring at my computer and nothing was happening. And it was like so pathetic. And like Pressure. weeks were going by and I wasn't writing the words that I was supposed to be writing. I had deadlines and dates all in my head. And I go to tires, tires, tires for a new set of tires. <laughs> and um, I brought my laptop because I'm like, oh, they have a nice waiting room. So I'll, you know, maybe I'll try to get some work done, you know. And like I sat down and it just like flowed. Like all of a sudden it was like lightning struck, like the skies opened up, the sun shined, there was like glitter in the room and I'm just like <laughs> typing like magical words. <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh, like this is awesome. And I loved their coffee and they had cookies <laughs> and I was like, and it's free. Cause I was like trying coffee shops and stuff too yeah. and nothing was help, like getting me going. And I'm like, man, this tires, tires, tires waiting room is like, you know, this is it. This is my mothership. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 little macho man for you there. Andy Macho Man Camacho. Yes. Whatever the, the name is. Right. Go ahead. And um, so I, t- I was telling my sister about it that night, and she's like, I was like, it was so good. I'm so bummed. I wish I could go back. And she's like, well, my car needs an oil change. Take it in tomorrow. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's kind of when it started. I started taking a bunch of people's cars in. Well, actually, okay, so I took my sister's car in. And uh, I got to, I like hung out there almost all day. Like they didn't care. I was bringing a car in for service. What were they going to do? Say, oh, your car's done, so you should go. No, they're too nice. They probably didn't even notice, did they? Yeah, they didn't care. They were really cool. One day though, I like full blown snuck in. Um, (laughs) They have like another entrance that goes right into their comfort center. And I just was like, I'm just going to roll in there and sit for a while and see what what happens. Uh, But I felt guilty because I was like not a customer. I'm like, yeah, I can't keep doing this. But this was really funny. And I was telling um, all my readers online about it. And everyone's dying. Like they think this is hilarious. Like so they're all interacting on all my tires, tires, tires posts. They can't believe that a romance novelist is writing at a tire shop. This is so weird. It's hilarious. And so... Then um, the pranks started because so then I kept bringing other people's vehicles in like I probably brought six vehicles in <laughs> for service. I went and picked up a friend's car at work, left my car, drove her car there. And like the guys were so nice. They were being too polite to be like, what is with this crazy chick? <laughs> she's been here like eight times in three weeks. This is weird. They probably thought you were taking a cut. Yeah. You know well, I mean? at, at one point they were like, how many cars do you have? <laughs> I was like, oh, hundreds. <laughs> uh, um, so anyways, so then my friends, one of my author friends thought this was so ridiculous what I was doing. She had pizza delivered to me in the waiting room <laughs> from Boss's Pizza. That was mortifying. <laughs> mortifying. Uh, like, because I had my earbuds in, I was working away. The magic was still there. And this guy, this pizza guy comes in and starts yelling, Amy Dawes, Amy Dawes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everybody's looking, and I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I was so mortified. I could barely eat the pizza, but of course, I, I powered through because yeah, it was really good. Uh, and and then, you had more to do. Yeah, I had more work to do. And like because she fed me, I could stay there longer because I didn't have to go home to eat. So uh, <laughs> then my friend sent a fake invoice to my house uh, on tires, 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 letterhead that they had made. And they were charging me for excess consumption of complimentary beverages. <laughs> And at first, I'm like, this can't be real. This is a gag. But like, like the list, the itemized list was so similar to what I consumed there. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But then my husband was in on it. When I got mad, he told me this is just a joke. And Tire Sires Tires heard about that. And that was when Gary, the manager, messaged me. And he's like, this is just that that invoice was not from us. You are welcome anytime. And that's when I say my love story with Tire Sires Tires really began because then they started courting me and they said, you know, like, we want you to come in and write. Like, the tire man was posting on the Facebook page saying, <laughs> Amy, come back to our waiting room. And then, like, at one point, I was like, this isn't as fun because, you know, before it was like a secret and it was really funny. <laughs> but then they announced me as their writer in residence. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. Like an artist in residence, but a writer. And I was like, oh, okay, now they're like lo- like laying out the red carpet for me. I have to come back. Well, and that's the beauty of it is they saw the value and they bought into it. Yes, right? they were great sports. It was hilarious. So you, now from that experience, you produced a novel. I did. I, so I was, I finished one book and then I got, then everybody's laughing so much about this tires stuff. Like it just keeps getting funnier and funnier because once tires, tires, tires started playing along, it got even more hilarious to my readers. And I'm telling everybody about this. And then my agent was like, why are you not writing a novel about this? This sounds like a hilarious romantic comedy. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could. And I sat down and with, with like everything that had happened inspiring me. And I wrote the book in 13 days. That's a what does it normally take you to write a book? Oh, like that seems a couple months at least. You know, usually at least a couple months. And this one just I I was consumed with it. Like the whole beginning is very similar to all the funny pranks and stuff. Um, basically, when it starts veering into fiction, is when she when a mechanic, an, an attractive, mysterious mechanic, of course, uh, catches her sneaking in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I know it's so funny. It's but it works, right? Oh my gosh! I, the reviews are awesome. It's a hilarious romantic comedy and like tires 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 couldn't be happier we shot the cover there like it's just been a trip so i saw a photo of the of you shooting the cover yes on your facebook page i think and okay <laughs> this guy so it's it's like what you would think out of the old school kind of uh uh romance novels which were paintings yeah but this guy this is real it's mm-hmm. a photo shoot and but he looks like a painting. All right, who is this dude? Because he's that guy's ripped. His name is Austin Less, and he's from Mitchell, South Dakota. I think he used to compete in some bodybuilding challenges. Oh, clearly. But actually, this what what his body is right now is in his like neutral phase. Like he's he wanted to get more cut for the shoot, and I'm like Austin, no, you look great. Let's just shoot this cover. I'm this book came fast. I want to release it fast. This is so much fun. Like you look great. So yeah, he came and we shot it in the tires, tires, tires um, shop. Uh, Gary, the manager, was there, and Dale, the owner, they were like helping me find tools that we could have Austin using in the shoot. Oh my god! Oh, it was so fun. Those guys are so like the tires 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 guys are so sweet 
So you, the you're going to do a book signing there. You're, yeah, we're going to do a book signing on April 5th uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. Complimentary coffee and cookies will be provided. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to like bring this book that was inspired by Tires, Tires, Tires for people to buy. So you can buy the book uh, now. Yep. Yes. Uh, on on all the platforms, Kindle. Right? Yes. Digital it, and Yes, you can buy the ebook. Yeah, totally. And then I'll have um, paperbacks you can purchase there uh, that day. So, but yeah, it's available on Amazon only because it's enrolled in the Amazon Kindle Unlimited program. So it's got to be an exclusive Amazon. But you know, you can get the Kindle app on your phone or whatever yep. for yep. free. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. So you can buy it now, and it's called Wait with Me. Wait with me. Wait by, with me in the tire yeah, shop. Got it. See what it, see what I did got there. Got it. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, by Amy Dawes, D A W S. You can mm-hmm. search for that. Yeah. Um, but that's the story doesn't end there. No, Amy. it really doesn't. And we're going to come back after this very short break and talk about how this thing is blown up because <laughs> it's crazy. You're going to want to stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we continue with our heart theme because not only. Because our guest, Amy Dawes, like heart, but she writes romance novels, so it's perfect. <laughs> and they're from the heart. They're from the heart, yes. <laughs> and this is, of course, Barracuda with one of the greatest opening segments in rock and roll. Oh, uh, we won't steal all your time, though, <laughs> listening to heart. We'll, we'll have you back, and we'll just have, like, yeah. heart for half an hour. We can just jam. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that'd be right. <laughs> we'll have to Facebook Live that one. Um, we're here with Amy Dawes, as I said. She's a local author, and uh, she just has a, a new book out called Wait With Me that was written in the Tires, Tires, Tires lobby mm-hmm. or waiting room, the, the, the comfort center. It's called center. the comfort center. Comfort center. Customer comfort center. Well, that's <laughs> appropriate because you get very comfortable there, and you wrote an entire novel there. I did. Uh, and we talked about that. But uh, this, your story about this and the, 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 the subsequent novel that came from it has just blown up. What happened? How did this happen? <laughs> it took me a while to believe that I, I had truly gone viral, like in, like internet viral, because I don't know, I was like in denial, I think for a while. But basically, BuzzFeed got hold of the story of a quirky romance author writing inside of a tire shop. And, and Jody Schwan from Business wrote a story. About yes, it. she wrote a story. Um, I, you know, I don't even know where BuzzFeed gra- got hold of it first. Yeah. Maybe it was Jody's yeah. article or one of my social media posts that got tons of interaction because mm-hmm. my readers were just gobbling up these funny posts about me writing it, tires, tires, tires. And so BuzzFeed got a hold of it. And then Jody did a great write up before that. And then um, at Sioux Falls Business. And then after that, Scary Mommy, which is a huge mommy blog. Mm-hmm. Um, posted about it like I think BuzzFeed has over 11 million followers mm-hmm. uh, Scary Mommy's over 3 million and they their article was really cute more about like being a mom and an author and things like that and then it just snowballed tons of other big blogs picked it up Inspire More uh, Babel and then w- this was the weirdest one WGN in Chicago emailed me you're kidding me no and they they asked if they could cover the story and if I had pictures to send them and I was like, sure, no problem. Uh, and I mean, I, that's, WGN is across the country. I know, cable. I know. So I sent it to them and they ran a package. It was really good. And then Fox News in Phoenix, their morning news uh, emailed me and they wanted me to call in and do a live phone consult with them or 
chat. Yeah. That one's so good. I have that one posted on my Facebook page. It's so good. My cover's on there from the book and the morning anchors were so fun. And like, I don't know, it's just nuts. It's crazy. Uh, why do you think it's, it is so touching nerve? I don't know. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff out, a lot of bad news out there that people just get really tired of hearing. And this is kind of a quirky human interest story that's just so weird. It has to be true, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, so I think there's like an organic originality to this. And I think it's really cool how uh, a a business like Tires, 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 they basically embraced an artist, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they opened their arms to me. They didn't tell me, okay, lady, you know, you've been coming in a lot or, you know, (laughs) we don't want you, you know, whatever. I don't know. They just, they could have taken this so weird because I ran out of cars. I couldn't keep bringing cars in (laughs) and I really did want to come back and keep writing there because it's a great vibe there for me. And so. I don't know. It was just really neat how they rolled with it and they had fun with it. And, um, you know, Gary, the manager, told me one of their pillars of their business is to have fun. And, like, they have been having a blast with that, like this. Like, my book released this week and it's uh, sitting at number 34 on the Amazon chart. And, like, when I go in, when I went into Tire Tires, Tires earlier this week, like, Gary and Dale, the owners, like, you could not wipe the smiles off their faces. Yeah. They are so supportive of me. And I don't even know what I did to deserve it, but <laughs> I'm taking it. We're having this book signing there they're providing the cookies and coffee like it's just so much fun yeah that's great so you're you're a romance novelist and when people hear that sometimes they think (laughs) but what is it about your books that makes them so appealing yeah i mean well first of all like romance as a genre is one of the most popular genres subgenres in fiction Mm -hmm. um and I think, you know, I write steamy romance. So they're they're not for under 18. You know, they're they're steamy, at, but they're love stories. Uh, like I, I had to teach Gary about uh, the gra- the romantic grand gesture. So there's always a black moment in romance novels where mm-hmm. the couple falls apart and like mm-hmm. something bad happens. But then there's this beautiful romantic gesture at the end that brings it all back. And it, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just the embodiment of a full circle story where, you know, two people meet, they fall in love and golly, you know, love makes the world go round, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I just think it's a great escape for people. And I don't know. I just, I love a good love story. What, why are you good at it? You know, good question. I don't know. You know, maybe it's my past with, you know, struggling with infertility for so long. I've learned how to really see the beautiful things in like, like complimentary coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, all that pain that I had. Now I can just appreciate like more sensitive emotional moments. I'm very in touch with, you know, the emotional part of my my brain so I can really like connect with my characters and just lose myself in a story. I always say there's a point in my books when I get far enough along where I live in the book more than I do in the real world. And it's hard for me to disconnect from the book. Like I'll, I've gone to like sporting events with my husband and I have to like warn him. I'm like, okay, just so you know, like my brain is in the book. I'm going to try to like be in the moment, but it's hard. So mm-hmm. that, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you now have, this is your 11th book. My 11th book. You can still get all of your books by searching Amazon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amy Dawes, D-A-W-S. Yep. Uh, things are going well for you. Yeah, it's been really exciting. Well, it's an amazing story, Amy. Now, April 5th is the book signing at Tires, Tires, Tires. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you'll have copies there. Yes, and we're donating, um, I'm donating a portion of my book sales to, I, I wish I could remember the charity, but it's um, maybe called 
angel cars. It's mm-hmm. something about people uh, who don't have a vehicle to get to work. Oh, cool. So and it's tied in with Tires, Tires, Yes, Tires, 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 Tires works, has done stuff with them. And so I'm donating a portion of my proceeds. And you can you are very active in the social medias. Yeah, you can find so all this on Facebook. Just search Amy Dawes on, on Facebook and you'll yeah. find it. Mm-hmm. That's great. We've got a quick moment quick. to get... Amy's favorite nephew on the phone. <gasps> All right. What? He's calling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? Do I have to push this button? Yes, Dave? you have to push that button. Here we go. We're going to try this. <laughs> and I got to turn this on. This is nuts. A second. Amy's favorite nephew. Are you hey, there? Amy. Hey, is this Evan? Yeah. Evan, what are you doing? They're calling you. <laughs> we wish you were best of luck. Thanks, Evan. That's so sweet. That's awesome. We got to turn Evan off. Evan, thanks for calling in. Uh, Amy, oh. thanks for being here. And uh, uh, best of luck to you. And let us know how you have to come back. I will. I will. That sounds just, fun. Just come in once a week. We'll listen to Heart. All right, Patrick. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll be right back to finish up. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Man, I I love that story. I love that story. It's awesome. Amy Dawes, ladies and gentlemen. Look up her books if you're into romance novels, or stop by on April fifth at Tires, Tires, Tires. Five to eight p.m. She's going to be signing books. Hey, this uh, weekend, uh, actually tonight, Corks and Collars, six to ten p.m. at the Holiday Inn City Center in downtown Sioux Falls. It's a fundraiser for the Sioux Empire Pet rescue they do great work entertainment auction items food and drinks tickets are 35 bucks and uh you know pit bulls get a bad name but there's a lot of good people out there doing a lot of good work so if you can get down there to the holiday and city center night that'd be great coming up on monday mayoral candidate kenny anderson jr will be with us that'll be a great show continue our series there have a great weekend everybody this is the patrick lally show information 1000 kso oh, oh.